Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have actor Joseph Sakura. You may know him from the hit show Power. We're going to talk about him working with 50 Cent, relocating to L.A., and the importance of celebrating yourself. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast right now. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Download the podcast. Get this healing. Get this food. Every week, a new episode, intros, outros, themes, gone in 60 seconds, last call beginning middle the end these are books these are chapters give us a five-star rating leave a comment who do you want to see on the show what was your favorite episode this week's theme is the power of celebrating yourself it's important to be humble but don't let humility get in the way of seeing your wins small and big in life life is so short And sometimes we tend to focus on what's next. Yeah, I accomplished this. Yeah, I got a promotion. But look at the laundry list of everything I have to tackle next. Stop. Smell the roses. Pop some champagne. Call a friend over to celebrate. Zoom. As a group, enjoy. Remind yourself that you did that. On a recent episode, I talked to personal trainer to the NBA's biggest stars, Tim Grover, about how the feeling of winning is so fleeting. Check out that episode. But also remember that tomorrow isn't promised and life is hard. You made it this far and that's worth celebrating. My next guest has a lot to celebrate. You may know Joseph Sikora's Tommy from the hit show Power on Stars. It's my favorite show. He recently inked the first look deal with Lionsgate. My guy's doing big things and is currently working on a Power spinoff. We'll talk about changing coast, growing up in Chicago, working with Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Up next, my good friend, Joseph Sikora. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. This week's episode, my theme is the power of celebrating yourself, featuring my good friend, Joseph Sakura. My next guest... You may know him as Tommy from the hit show Power, and he's currently working on the spinoff TV series Power, book four on stars. Please welcome my brother from another mother, my favorite graffiti artist, Joseph Socorro. Yo, Jalen, 
<laughs> it's good to be here, man. It's a real honor to be on a show called Renaissance Man and uh, knowing that you believe that I fit within those parameters. Thank you, my brother. It's all love. And you're from Chicago. People not, might not know this, but you have a big background in theater. What That's drove true. you towards acting? I think I just, uh, I wanted to be seen and heard. I mean, kind of even just piggybacking on the graffiti thing. Like that's a, a big thing I think for, um, as an urban subculture and it, a form for urban kids to be heard and seen. And I think that just in the same way, a theater platform is a way to be heard and seen. And kind of also uh, at a young age, I knew that I was interested in stories and storytelling. So I, I wanted to be part of that community. And I was lucky enough that there was such a huge uh, community in Chicago of theater uh, artists. When did you know you were in love with it? It's something that you wanted to make a life, a life of? You know, as a, at a very young age, I loved telling stories. I even told stories to my little brother uh, to when we were kids, like to when we were going to sleep, I'd make up different worlds and about, you know, little, my dad read to us the J.R.R. Tolkien books, uh, The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when we were kids. So we had all these fantastical things in my head. And then also my parents um, uh, are very religious. We're uh, all uh, we're a Roman Catholic family and we still all practice. And that's I mean, if you read the Bible, there is some fantastical stuff in there. And uh, my parents did read us the Bible and we were uh, very in touch with our, our Christian background. And um there's some pretty amazing, beautiful stories that are in that. So I think all of those coupled together uh, was a platform where I was just like, I, I want to know more about these stories. I want to make up these stories. I want to learn more about the human condition. I love how for entertainment purposes, but personality wise, you allow us in on things like your parents' religion and how much that means to you. And I saw that you have a petition on your Instagram bio that you're trying to stop the sale of 991 Fifth Avenue in New York City, referred to as the most vital Irish building in America. Why is this building so important to you? Well, I think that it's so easy to sacrifice things of substance for money. And there is a place for money. And I think that in this day and age, I feel like people um, put money on too high of a pedestal of, above identity and cultural identity. And, and not being an Irish American, I have no Irish blood in these veins, but that building as the cultural identity of the Irish people and how much they did for New York City, building New York City, writing stories about New York City, blood, sweat, and tears into New York City, that to keep this place as a touchstone and a reminder of the plight of these people to me is a more important thing than say, knocking that building down, knowing that you have another 10 stories of air rights just to sell this to multimillionaires rather than really supporting the people who made this city work and possible. Why is it important to you to let your voice be heard? Why don't you just shut up and take your roles and make your money and focus on you and your family? like? Why is it important for you to continue to be a beacon of hope in our community? Well, you know, I feel like um, I do keep my mouth shut a lot. Um, and part of that 
is because I let my voice be heard when it's important to support, especially causes that are inclusive causes, um, uniting people and especially people of color at mm -hmm. this moment in time, allowing myself to be seen um, and heard nominally, uh, but as an ally. But also I think as an ally, uh, as a white person in this country at this point, to me, it's important to say when it's appropriate to be like, yo, I'm here and I'm the ally, but I'm here and I'm here just to be here. And now, now it's my turn to listen and maybe not speak, but to let people know I'm here. Absolutely. And being on a hit show like Power, there are multiple audiences that love the show. I'm curious to ask you, what is the reaction of people that come up to you that look like you? and the reaction of people that come up to you that look like me? Um, it's different. It's funny too. It's like, uh, I was just telling my wife, cause we were out here in Southwest Michigan and I'm at the grocery store and there was a 17 year old girl uh, bagging groceries. And she says to me, she goes, and I have a mask on at this time. She goes, are you Tommy from Power? I said, yeah, I'm Tommy from Power. As I play that role. And she looks around, she goes, I've never seen a show, but I knew that that was you. I was like, what? <laughs> never seen the show, but you knew that was you. And it was kind of this awkwardness, whereas it was funny, we were leaving and I said, it's funny because black people are just, they own you more. They're like, ah, Tom, you want a Mars. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Whereas, whereas I think white people are a little bit more like, eh, that's a, <laughs> that's a more, more fearful of the character and the whole thing. And, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it, the biggest award possible is to be embraced by the black community because um, uh, that's the reason I have a job. And um, that's a, a reflection of that character from that community. And I think that uh, black people also call BS pretty quick. Mm -hmm. So to know that um, you're getting the validation is um, huge. And what a compliment, man. It's, it's just, it's moving, it's abrasive. And uh, it's nice to have some symbiotic uh, love going on right there. Well, it's earned, it's well-deserved. And if power was around when the Dave Chappelle racial draft was taking place, we definitely would have picked you. No doubt about it. We definitely would have drafted. I hope it crosses over to me too. Because <laughs> they would have definitely taken Tommy. <laughs> they would have taken Tommy. I think they would take me now too, so. How about this as you bring up Tommy? You've been in a lot of TV appearances actually throughout the years. How does it feel to be on a show as big as Power mm -hmm. and play a successful character like Tommy? It feels great. Um, I'm really enjoying doing the spinoff. And what I like the most about the, the Power Book 4 is that there is, a, when we do it, it's tapping into the psychology of Tommy what makes him think. Because at the end of Power, he's essentially lost everything except his sense of self. So I think that the exciting part for me is how does a person, anybody rebuild themselves mm. when they have nothing? Mm. Is it possible? Are they the same person? Is this a new person? So to deal with the psychology of the character is what's most fun for me. I enjoy Tommy's fearlessness and his loyalty, his uh, steadfast pursuit of the game, um, how that translates into relationships, how that translates into loss. So I think that there people are going to get the, a lot of these answers uh, about Tommy and what made him originally. It's almost like a flashback in real time in the present moment 
because you're seeing how Tommy kind of became Tommy, but he's mm -hmm. doing it again. Do you get people on the street to come up to you and actually expect you to be Tommy? Like, you're nicer than I thought you would be or stuff like that based on the character and doing so I well think, playing I that role? Yeah, you get a lot of that. Um, people are often like, oh, yo, man, you're so, you're nothing like Tommy at all. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, <laughs> you can't be nothing like the character because if you're playing it honestly, that there is some of that that lives in you that you expose uh, at the time. So I often play Tommy is a combination of a lot of things. But one is the guys I was scared of in Chicago growing up. Mm. I played that Tommy as them. Mm -hmm. And then the other big filter that a lot of people don't know, but some people have have figured it out that a lot of Tommy is based on not Kanan, but Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. Mm -hmm. I mean, listening to dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of hours of 50 Cent interviews that the mm -hmm. cadence, word choice, mm -hmm. the feeling, the vibe is a lot of is Fifth because Fifth was a hustler, you know? Yep. And so facing the character in reality is something that's worked for me really well. Fifth was a hustler, a stick up kid. Like what he turned himself into an entrepreneur has just been remarkable. What is it like working with him? And is there anything in particular that you've learned from working with him, working on this show? Yeah, um, to not fear talent. Like guys like yourself too, Jalen, that are, um, you know, you you're, you could have been you could have been a street guy. If that's that was the course, but you remain guys like you, guys like Fifth, that remain in tune with the street, but in tune with what works. Mm -hmm. So you you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when you become a refined stylist gentleman, uh, like a rena Renaissance man like yourself. Yeah. You you hang on to the hustle right. that works. And you make it work in a positive way. And I think that fifth has taught me to go with my gut, not sacrifice, understand my value without having to belittle anybody or put anybody else down. Fifth brings everybody up because that only makes him rise more. So when I'm on set, young actors, people that are in the crew, PAs, I try to elevate everybody because that's going to make us all rise at the same time. So that's a big lesson that I've learned from him. And the biggest lesson I think I've learned to him, from him is I'm not afraid of talent, of other talent. I'm not afraid that a young actor is going to steal my, you know, my shine or my time. Correct. I'm going to keep doing me and not be Correct. afraid of other talent because it's only going to make me better. Absolutely. And that's one of the things in this competitive space we have to do, put on our blinders and learn to run our own race. You know, you can't be intimidated by someone else that comes in and that's really good at their job that might be your job. If you stay focused on who you are and what you do, it'll continue to pay off like it's paying off for you. And you're currently working, as I mentioned, on the Power Spinoff, Power Book 4. Force! I can't wait. We understand the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe. Can you explain the Power Universe? Yeah, I mean, to the best of my ability, this is really the brainchild <laughs> of uh, Courtney A. Kemp um, and Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. But one of the things that I'm enjoying about the power universe is that if I had to equate it to, um, say, the, uh, the the DC universe in a way, or the Marvel universe, I guess it'd be like, 
we're kind of the top, the, the, the force show um, is more like uh, Deadpool, you know, like hopefully there's a little bit more of the reality. It's still got the shine of those, of, of that and the history of that, but it's a little rougher around the edges. Um, and I think that they all have a tie back to the power world, but power book four, our world is, is a, a different version. It's going to look different. The look is going to be different. I always say it's the, you know, it's the, um, it's a different city. It's a different rules. It's the mm -hmm. same Tommy. So you're going to get what you came for, but uh, they're all just slightly different versions. Like Raising Canaan looks excellent as well. I can't wait to watch it because I think they capture the early nineties and that's a period where, I mean, that was, I mean, you were, you were crushing it. You were everything right that man. And so it's like, I, I remember it real well. So I, it's like, I think that they represent it well. And then with us showing Chicago, we show um, the, you know, the racial disparity here. Um, we tackle subjects without being on the nose about them. Uh, we show the anger that is in that city. We show the work that is in that city. I mean, the Namakers that come along with Chicago are very present. The city of big shoulders, the yeah. gem of the prairie, hog butcher to the world, uh, city in a garden. Uh, all of these things are represented in our show. And we show it. We show it because, Tommy, you get to see it through brand new eyes. The brand new eyes of this Queens kid from, you know, that is now in Chicago seeing these things so people are going to learn and it celebrates the city in a, in a really interesting way i think so i know how much you love chicago and being a professional it has us living in different places los angeles new york we are where the checks are but i also know you really like sports the chicago bull the chicago bears just got a quarterback justin fields are you excited what do you expect yeah <laughs> man i gotta tell you it's like i learn everything from my friend robert who's uh, one of the teamsters who drives me it's like other than that my head has been so focused in the game of doing this show that my sports now i can't even talk to my mother my mother's the biggest cubs fan and she's always asking me this and that and did you watch this and how the cubbies are doing i'm just like ma i have not had a chance to tackle any sports i haven't watched any television really other than stuff that is doing in the show and that's the difference between the power show and our show now because uh, because I work every day, you know, um, and so it's it's great to be a little bit more immersed in the working world, but the fans are going to love it. And I got your back. Let me just tell you something. Justin Fields from Ohio State is who the Bears took in the first round. He's going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of your franchise. Remember, oh, wow. I told you that. You guys have not had a 4,000-yard passer. Y'all the only team in the league that can say that. He's going to do that real worst case in his second year. I promise you. I'll, I'll take that to the bank. Yeah, he, he's a beast. And, 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 and I also want to give you some congratulations because it was announced this year that you signed a first-look deal with Lionsgate TV. Congratulations on that. What can we expect from you and your production that. company? Well, um, a starring role for Jalen Rose in something. Let's get it. Let's get you it. Gotta, you got to make that happen. Let's get it. Um, but my brother, Albin, is uh, running the day-to-day -day operations out of Los Angeles. Our production company is called Black Fox Productions. And um, we have projects in the pipeline. So uh, Lionsgate 
if they don't take them, we uh, we are hoping that Lionsgate will take them first. But if they don't, we have uh, there's a lot of avenues that are are hungry for really great content, and that's what we're doing. Is that we're um, we're we're polishing and shining up some really great stories that primarily at least have something to do with Chicago, because part of our mission is to make Chicago an international city again. Mm. Um, and part of that is you get the word out there on what an incredible place it is. We're working with a lot of Chicago storytellers, from producers to writers to directors to talent, um, and putting together these stories. So uh, we have got a lot of intellectual property that is being filtered and vetted and then developed. And with my great agents over at APA, we're uh, having some real great immediate success and can't wait to start selling some of these stories. So thank you. I can't wait. Absolutely. Well, you're extremely talented. I'll, dump, I'll dust off my IMDb page. I'll get ready for whatever role I need to play. I'll get in the gym in case I got to take my shirt off. You know oh, you're what gonna I'm saying? Like Jay the Kiss. But before I let you get out of here, and again, I really appreciate you taking the time. I have a set of rapid fire questions I like to do called Gone in 60 Seconds. You ready to do this, Joseph Sakura? Yeah, I'll do my best. I'm All feeling right, a little lucky. It's going to be really simple. What's your favorite thing about working with Lala Anthony? Her consummate professionalism she's uh, she is such a pro she knows how she looks on camera she knows what, how to position herself she knows how to tilt the glass to not reflect the light and to make sure that she looks incredible and it's a great reminder for me that it's a visual medium so i'm grateful that she that to learn from her was great absolutely she's a vet what do you prefer playing the villain or playing the hero i always play the hero even if he does bad stuff <laughs> Let you tell it. <laughs> if you had to give the title <laughs> King of Chicago, besides yourself, obviously, to one person, who would it be? Oh my gosh, the first name for whatever bizarre reason flashed in my head was Ed Verdoliak, who's an old alderman there, who did all of these wonderfully crooked deals to like make, um, uh, you know, he was just kind of like this embodiment of, a, the, of the neighborhood controlling the greater picture of the entire city. So maybe the aldermanic system of Chicago is the, uh, is, is the king. That sounds like a documentary. And the first thing when you said Alderman, I thought about Alderman Davis on Good Time and how crooked he was. And that was- There shocking. you go. Also in Chicago, right? <laughs> Chicago. Sabrina Greens, the red housings. Absolutely. What do you prefer, Chicago-style pizza or New York slice? A New York slice. I mean, Chicago-style, you mean deep dish. I'm not a huge deep dish fan. I like Chicago pizza, because I like uh, you know thin crust cut in squares. They call uh -huh. it either pub style or, you know, family style or something. I like, I enjoy the square cut, but uh, New York, uh, New York pizza. Last, but certainly not least. And again, that's I from my man, Premium P. Premium P, we got to come and see you, my brother. What's the proudest moment of your <laughs> career so far? I would say that the proudest moment of my career so far truly is uh, going down to Essence Fest and walking on the stage at Essence Fest and feeling the vibration of the crowd of just appreciation mm. for the character that uh, 50 cool. and Courtney and Gary Lennon created and that I got to uh, 
give life to and being appreciated on that. Like I said before, that is the that's the biggest award I could ever win in my life. And I want to thank every single fan that watches the show that was at Essence Fest that cheered me on or cheers me on when uh, I come on the TV. I'm so grateful. Essence Fest is legendary. I know it was a lot of stepping happening at that festival. No question about it. And you deserve that love. And I appreciate you joining me, my brother. Looking forward to catching up soon. Thank you very much. I always appreciate you, Jalen. You're one of a kind. You're one of the best. I always have to make sure that whenever you ask for anything, I'm there. Sometimes you, I family. have a tendency of like, oh, I'm so busy. But you know what? No, busy doesn't exist. You make Thank priorities you, and you're a priority because you're Thank that you, kind family. of guy, man. I That's appreciate mutual. you. You're an inspiration. That's mutual. I love you, my brother. Looking forward to catching up soon. Love you back. Last call. Last, call. Last call. Thanks so much to my brother, Joseph Sikor. I really appreciate our candid conversations and look forward to seeing the growth of the Power Series. As I mentioned, that's my favorite show. I've been to the set. I've met Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. I've met Tommy. I've met Ghost. I've met Tariq. I want you to check it out. During the interview, we spoke a little bit about being an ally and allowing those who have previously been silenced to have a voice. It has been amazing to watch athletes who for years had to stay silent on major issues that pertain to them, their physical and mental well-being, to now be able to stand up for themselves and their community. There is a unique climate currently taking place in sports, in particular in the NBA. We've recently seen a fan at Philly throw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. We saw a fan at the Garden, MSG, spit over 50 Cent and his girlfriend onto Trey Young. There was a human being at a basketball game that spit on one of the players. I would say stop treating us like zoo animals, except you don't throw things or spit on zoo animals. Emmanuel Quigley also plays for the Knicks. That same day that Trey Young got spit on, he said, in his home arena, somebody threw beer on him. You buy a ticket and you come watch me perform. And for whatever reason you disagree with me, personally or professionally, when you look at the footage of people who are throwing things and spitting on athletes, who do you treat that way? People you don't value. And so while we've come a long way, we still have so very far to go. So when circumstances like this take place, and I say my black life matters, it matters more than just when I'm entertaining the masses. It also matters because I want to be treated with respect beyond my talent. And yes, there may be consequences for me being loud, for me having a voice, for me standing up for the voiceless. People may not like it, but you, we, me, are too valuable and way too important to stay silent. Speak up for others and yourself. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.